This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a berry delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Hey guys, it's Dave here on recommendation from the pod father himself, Mr. Bill Simmons. I'm going to start off with something that I've always wanted to do, but uh, sort of lost track is just give my opinion, not necessarily hot take, but just my take on food. I think it's one of the main reasons people listen to this podcast. It's something that we've wanted to do. And we sort of set aside that this beginning, you know, 30 seconds to a minute to sort of do an introduction of what's going to happen. And we're still going to continue to evolve and do all the segments that we've developed over quarantine. Dads, my opinion is fact, all the interviews, all of these things. But uh, I'm going to start off each segment with this, some version of me talking about food. And we've all been stuck in quarantine. It seems like lockdown's going to happen again. Just wanted to give a primer on things that I believe on food that's delivered well. I've been cooking a lot at home, but ever since we've been in Los Angeles, we've been getting probably delivery or takeaway once or twice a week. For the record, this is my sort of top three of the best delivered foods you can have by far and away. It goes in this specific order. Number one food you can get delivered is pizza, but not Neapolitan, not thin crust, anything that's denser. And it's a little bit of a chicken and egg thing because a lot of Americans' understanding of pizza is the pizza that Domino's or Papa John's or Pizza Hut or Little Caesars or any of these corporate chains have developed because of the density of the crust. And I mean, people don't know of any other pizza in the world. And I think this pizza, one of the reasons it was developed is there's a sense of certain kind of mass to it that allows it to retain its heat, obviously with the pizza technology. More technology has been invested in pizza than any other food for delivery. Not a surprise. It's the best food to get delivered at home. And I hope that people are ordering from the small mom and pop shops as well as, you know, their favorites from any of the corporate chains, because the reason it tastes good is it delivers really well. And that's the number one thing. Doesn't mean it's the best. It just delivers really well. The second thing that is the best delivered foods or takeaway is Chinese food. And I would probably argue a specific kind of Chinese food, the American Chinese food. A lot of, I think, Cantonese or some of Sichuan food doesn't really travel that well because they're brothy, they're soups and stews, or they're fried in a way that needs to be dry. Fried foods do not travel well. They just do not. It will never travel well unless some technology happens that I don't know about. But there's certain fried foods that do travel well and they're like wet 
fried foods. And that's something that Chinese, American Chinese food has a lot of. Just think about orange chicken, General Tso's chicken. Those things are deep fried and then covered in our sauce, but that soft, crunchy, moist thing is a winning combination. But also, you will almost always see an American Chinese restaurant in every town in America. You will always see a pizza shop in every town in America. And you most almost certainly will see the number three category ranking is fried chicken, which I've learned over the years is actually one of the best foods you can have prepared to be taken home or delivered. And I learned this way back when, when I was working at Kraft and Damon Wise, the chef, made family meal. And he spent, I don't know how many days preparing and brining this fried chicken, but it was the crispiest fried chicken I think I've ever had still to this day. I don't even know what he put in this recipe. But what was phenomenal about the fried chicken was that it stayed crispy in the walk-in. But reminder, you can't just keep fried chicken enclosed when you're storing it. It's got to be vented. You have to let the steam release. And fried chicken delivers extremely, extremely well. And it will also remain crispy cold for at least a couple days if you store it properly. And that's why I think fried chicken, and there's a lot of different fried chicken out there. I'm not going to name the names, all the brands, but it does deliver well. And it's important to know this because you want to be able to buy something that gives you sort of the same joy you nostalgia thinks about all the time. So in descending order, it's pizza, American Chinese food, and fried chicken. That to me is the very, very best delivered foods. And I wanted to add one thing. And while this may not be accessible to everyone in America, I hope that it is. The one thing that I've learned as a new personal favorite, I've talked about on this podcast, that is pretty much my favorite delivered food is kebabs, Persian food, Lebanese food, Greek food, Iranian, Iraqi. Food of that part of the world delivers extremely well. I'm shocked. In fact, I think the kebab right now and kofte, which was like a ground meatball on the kebab or some of the dark meats, just white meat or lean meats don't deliver well. You need the fat. Because it's blended with fat, fat provides moisture. So that's another reason why it just is a great deliver food. And it reheats really well because of the fat that's in the meat, in the kebab itself. And you almost always have to order on rice. That rice pilaf is delicious. Something magical happens when you get it delivered. All of the juices from the kebabs sort of seep into the rice. And by the time it gets to you, it makes what was already a delicious rice infinitely more delicious. And you have the grilled charred tomato. It's not going to be bad when it's a little bit room temp or, or, or even cold for that matter. Almost everything about what is a hot food that gets better as it sort of sits in its container as it gets to, like delivered. Like that to me is the crucible that you want. If it gets better after 30 minutes or it doesn't lose any sort of inherent intrinsic delicious value is something that you want to order. And that doesn't mean you can't order all these other foods. Like I'm going to talk about all these other foods that I want to eat all the time, but I'm simply talking about foods that are great delivered or get better as they delivered. And I'm not trying to diminish any other foods. I want to eat all other kinds of foods. But my personal discovery since quarantine began is how much I love to get kebabs delivered. Even falafel delivers really well. Room temp falafel to me is fine. 
you know, the hummus, you have the baba ganoush, you have the salads, you have lentil soups, all of which I love. I highly encourage you, if you have it in your area, order you some delicious, delicious food. Kebabs are so, so good. And it doesn't have to be cooked over charcoal. That's a whole nother conversation. I find that if it's cooked over gas, it's going to be delicious as well. And these are all restaurants that could use our support. Uh, I think the the next topic I will talk about on the next podcast will be foods that I miss the most. And I could talk probably a couple hours on that, but I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I'll talk about foods that I crave the most right now, but I cannot get. And I'll give you a hint. It's in China and it only exists in China. Now on with our show. the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Doma Media. Thank you to Yola Tango, as always. We have a installment, I guess, of pre-opening diaries of a new podcast, but we've already tested it out on this podcast. It is Recipe Club, and we are announcing that it will have its own standalone podcast with Chris Ying, myself, and a rotating host of guests, and with the undefeated champion, as much as I don't want to admit that, Priya Krishna, who is helping us out on some of the recipes. And, you know, we had done a couple. I thought it was a lot of fun. And when we sort of put on the calendar that the rest of my life would be now Recipe Club, we are trying to figure out what exactly this is all going to be. So that's why we're doing a pre-opening diaries is to explain to you guys the concept, the structure, and what we hope to get out of it. And there's been a lot of, I wouldn't say drama. Would you say it's drama, Chris Yang? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would say it's been a lot of drama for sure. <laughs> Priya, what, what, what do you think so far? A lot of drama? Yeah, oh my God. It's been heavily dramatic, but thankfully I... <laughs> thrive on drama. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I've been really in quarantine. I've been watching a lot of Korean dramas with my in-laws and I'm so happy that art is imitating life now because everything in my life is a Korean soap opera and here we go. Yeah. And so here's the, let me, let me do a quick plot summary of the Korean soap <laughs> opera that we've been living in right now. So if you've been listening to these recipe clubs, like, like Dave said, they're, they've been really fun and the premise has been Dave brings a recipe, Priya brings a recipe, and I bring a recipe for the same dish. And we each cook all of them. We discuss them. We argue. We debate. We try to pick a winner. Priya tends to keep winning. I think that I will never win one of these. I think it's just like a foregone conclusion. But we had a great time. And um, people have really been asking for more of them to the point where Spotify and The Ringer said, hey, like, spin this out and make its own podcast. At which point, you know, we were very excited, but it dawned on us. There's a reason why we've only done two of these. They're hard. It's a lot of cooking. It's, it's a lot of work. A lot of a logistics, lot of as we've learned. It's a lot of work, a lot of logistics. And to jump in, we are going to be making them. We're going to be trying to releasing them on a weekly schedule. The last few months, when you haven't been hearing from us on the Recipe Club front, has been a lot of scrambling around planning, trying to set a calendar for recording that also allows us some time to cook. And basically, it brought us to this past week when we were going to cook three different 
turkey recipes for Thanksgiving. And we were going to try to cook all three of them in one week. And somebody else want to take the story from there of, of, of what's well, been happening? Priya, why do you think it's so difficult? Why do you think this is so difficult? And, and without going into the turkey turkey massacre, um, <laughs> <laughs> we are all very busy people to begin with. Priya and I finished the first draft of the book that I am not looking forward to like going back into right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, because Priya's got a whole host of other things. Chris Ying is at his capacity trying to get all these TV shows and all media stuff from Easter Dome and Media. And he's got another addition to his family. And I'm busy with basically everything. And this is unexpectedly one of the biggest time sucks I could possibly have imagined. <laughs> Do you feel, did you guys anticipate it being this much time, Priya? Let's just say that I spent, like, I thought that I would spend maybe an hour chopping vegetables last Friday. I spent six full hours just <laughs> chopping vegetables <laughs> for these recipes. Like, Ooh, no yeah. one should have to spend six it's hours so chopping vegetables. Uh I will say, if it's any indication, so another another one, to give you all a sneak preview, like another one of our, our guests that we're going to bring into the recipe club is our former, all of our former esteemed colleague, Rachel Kong, uh, a dear friend of all of ours. And she looked at our editorial calendar. She saw the list of recipes that we're going to cook and the fact that we're going to do three of each. And she just texted me and was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> How are you guys going to do this? This is impossible, which I should have taken not as like a haha funny moment, but like getting right into some of the big mistakes. I'll say mine right off the bat was multiple people said this to me. Like, this is crazy. How many recipes you all think you're going to cook? And I kept on just shrugging it off and saying, yeah, 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 we'll figure it out. But at no point did I say, wait a minute, this is actually physically impossible. It's also crazy to cook three of the same thing in a week for all the, with our respective schedules. I will add too that I think like the thing that all three of us have in common that perhaps made that such a blind spot is that we're all kind of like masochists when it comes to food. We are all cereal over orderers at restaurants. We always overcook. We make too much of everything and we all eat quite a bit as speak well. For your, speak for yourself. <laughs> speak for yourself. I like to I mean, also my, treat. My biggest problem when I go to restaurants is everyone's like, "Can you order some more?" <laughs> Don't be so stingy with the ordering, yeah. Dave. I mean, there's other like there's six of us. Why did you only order one dish? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know what you're talking about, Priya. I've, I've never overeaten in my in my life. No, you're 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 right. We're we're. I mean, the essential thing you said is we're masochists, and I just thought let's do this. But the pain was greater. To your point, you spent six hours cooking. Oh, I spent way longer cooking. The six hours was just chopping the vegetables. I also had to drive to the end of the driveway to pick up a turkey that had been left on the side of the road. Or sorry, it was a chicken. I got into like a almost a physical altercation with an Instacart delivery person. It was really... Whoa, man. wait. What was that about? Okay, so the story is I... Last weekend, um, me and like, two of my good friends, we decided to go down to her parents' like empty house in rural Connecticut. And I was like, oh, great. I've got like a group of people. I'm going to cook all three potato recipes and all three turkey recipes and just get it all done 
in one shot. But obviously, rural Connecticut, not a lot of grocery options. And so I had to order my groceries via delivery. The first batch came to me totally fine. The second batch, the delivery driver just like could not figure out where this house was. And after he like yelled at me on the phone, I had to like drive to go meet him where he was. And he was like, does your house even exist? And I was like, yeah, it's literally right down the road. And then I like picked up that goes groceries, but I was still missing a third batch of groceries, which included a whole chicken. And so as we were driving back, I had a bunch of like, I'd been sending letters to voters via like this organization called Vote Forward. And so I asked my friend Lauren, can we drop by the mailbox so that I can drop off these letters? And I go to the mailbox and I like just see this house is like located right off the highway. So the mailbox is like right next to the highway. So I like go to the mailbox and I just see like a whole turkey sitting there. (laughs) (laughs) Or sorry, a whole chicken sitting there. And I don't know how long it's been there for. Um, I'm so pissed off. I'm so (laughs) pissed off, Bria, because my instructions were to shove it into the mailbox. (laughs) God damn it. Can't they do it right? (laughs) And so I like returned to the car with the chicken. And I was like, I mean, whatever. I'll cook with this. It's going in the oven. I'm not going to waste a perfectly good turkey that's just on the floor. <laughs> so let's stay on this logistical topic. I, I want to get into like the, the bigger stuff, but let's stay on this logistical topic for a second because this was the first big red flag. And, and again, like this is a pre-opening diary. I think ultimately we're going to be very proud of the product we put out, but this is all of the pains that have led to where we ultimately want to get. The biggest problem immediately occurred to us was if we're going to cook three recipes a week and they're all going to require a ton of ingredients... We've got to streamline this a little bit so that Dave can get ingredients to his house, Priya can get the same ingredients, and I can get the same ingredients to my house. So, you know, we've been trying to avail ourselves of of whatever services are out there, and it has not been going well. I think that, you know, grocery delivery has, if you can use it the right way, if you're smart about it, like you can get what you need. But man, there were some comically- No, it's just, it was a logistical disaster. And this is my job. And honestly, this is all on our end of Major Domo Media. And I don't think anyone's been tasked with doing this before, but I've seen a lot of mess ups. I've never seen anything like this. So logistically, <laughs> this is this is disaster. And I think we should get into it in a little bit. Not right now, because we've talked <laughs> enough about logistics. <laughs> but I will say that I want to do a pre-opening diaries because I want us to be transparent as possible and to be very forthright in how we shape this. Because... We like to throw things away. We like to start over. We want to make the best content possible. And I think one good thing of making good content is just showing transparency. And when we did the first installments, first couple installments of Recipe Club with Priya, they were difficult, but they were fun because I don't think we realized like, you know, they were one-offs. And the prospect of doing, I don't know how many weeks of Recipe Club didn't really hit us. But let me go back to why Recipe Club exists as to, you know, you're listening to this. It's like, okay, if we did a pre-opening diary as a restaurant, you understand what kind of food, what's the premise, what's the mission, what is the mission statement or idea behind Recipe Club is cooking more at home than ever before. A lot of these ideas Priya and I have worked on on the book that's coming out in, in a year or so. 
Chris is cooking at home a bunch. And listen, there are a lot of recipes out there. And not all of them are good. And we wanted to sort of take a low-end, very easy recipe. Like, I think the best-in-class one was probably the chicken parm. We did one that was super easy, one that was, I thought, really hard. That was Priya's. And then mine, which was incredibly difficult to make. Yeah. <laughs> by far. <laughs> by far. And so we wanted easy, middle, hard. And that was it. And, and again, it's not to scour the internet for the best of, but again, we wanted to get very popular recipes that have tons and tons of hit results on the internet and test them out, see what we liked and to give pragmatic information to the listener. Because the one thing I've learned over the quarantine is everybody wants to know exactly how to make a recipe. And I think that's exactly the problem is it's a guideline, but I think it's fun to talk good and negatively about a lot of these recipes that were made. So that was the premise. And from the data that we received, people really, really enjoyed the first two installments of Recipe Club. And we got the green light. Spotify also saw the numbers. They're like, hey, we want to do a whole podcast based on this. And we are planning it out. And I have a lot of thoughts about how we are going to plan it out moving forward. But it's clear, number one, it's a logistical nightmare to get the food. It's just hard. For whatever reason, it's very hard for everyone to get the same ingredients. And I think there are easy solutions to that. So we don't need to belabor the point. Two, it's a lot of fucking eating and cooking of the same thing. That is a problem, fundamental problem. Three, time. I mean, you have to schedule your week around this stuff. And that's hard in between Zoom calls and all the other things you have to do in your life. So those are the top three things that I, I see as a problem. And I think four, one thing that I've added, and I want to make this a community effort, is I want us to be able to share these recipes with you. I want us to be able to cook these things together. I want us to have conversation about these recipes and oftentimes get new recipes and create a catalog where people can navigate with information gleaned from us or other users what they think is actually a good recipe and what's actually not. And the other thing is this, if something is a bad recipe, it doesn't mean it's a totally bad recipe. There are some recipes that are fucking terrible, but they're one or two steps that are brilliant and that should be sort of extracted and merged into others. So that was my sort of premise and not just do recipes, but also educate listeners about different kinds of foods. But I think to start off, we got to give people like some mainstream stuff before we splinter off into some of the more interesting stuff. So therein lies my sort of problem is how do we create an agenda, a calendar, where we can be open with the audience about what we're cooking? And I think that we got to make something, we have to cook food that we were going to cook anyway. Right? I don't think it should be, I'm making this recipe just because I have to. I'd like us to come to agreement to make recipes that we, we want to make anyway. I think it's a total waste to make something and force ourselves to eat something time and time again. For example, if we were doing the turkey recipes, I would have been happy to have done this over two months. And I think we can if we schedule it out properly. I don't think we can personally do it all in one week. It could be every other Sunday or whatever on your own time, right? We can't force everybody into a schedule that works for everybody. And, you know, it's like this week, I'm going to cook quesadillas, a hamburger, and turkey. 
And next week I might cook a, you know, meatloaf and spaghetti and this. All that matters is in a month or a predestined set time, we've cooked three turkey recipes. And it just takes some more thought and planning and logistics on our end. And I want to deliver that to the audience. I don't know if that's going to be the final thing. And again, if you've been listening to the show, you'll realize the things that work oftentimes are the things that we throw away because we feel like we can do it better. But right now we're at a point where we don't know what actually works. We know what we want to deliver and we're sort of reverse engineering to get it to that point. And this specific recipe club week, which will be another podcast that you listen to. And we don't want to bore you guys any further on that podcast was a fucking disaster of the <laughs> most epic proportions I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> like the fact that both Chris and I received deli turkey instead of <laughs> turkey breast. I also realized like, how do you specify to a delivery person you want like uncooked raw breast? <laughs> yeah. Instead of a turkey breast, I got the equivalent weight in deli sliced turkey, but I got two pounds. <laughs> <laughs> how many how many chickens did you guys get? I got one two chicken. chickens. You had two? How many did you get? Chang? Eight. <laughs> <laughs> Not an exaggeration. Oh I exaggerated the other day that was twelve. It was actually eight. Oh my God. <laughs> so well, I got chickens. I got sixty-five Serrano chilies. So that was pretty good. <laughs> that was more than the four I needed. I also got five pounds of Serrano chilies. You know how many <laughs> fucking Serrano chilies that is? <laughs> That's a lot of Serrano chilies. I got so much kale. I literally <laughs> sent everyone home with two bags of kale each, like party favors. I'm going to guarantee you I got more kale and more arugula than you guys. <laughs> no way. I got I got like nine boxes. I got 12 of boxes of each. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, really quick, like it's sort of funny, except that I think that the three of us, the two of you are probably like me where I feel physical pain at like throwing food away or yes, having to 100%. get rid of food or watching food not fit in my refrigerator and go to waste. Like it's maddening. And like Dave said, there are, there are ways that we can solve this. It's a tragic comedy is what happened here with our, our grocery store deliveries. But I wanted to talk about something you, you said, Chang, where we want recipe club not to be, Okay, well, let's each let's spend three nights of our week this week cooking three turkeys because none of us want to eat that. Yeah, you know, club isn't really the it's the best name for this show, but truly, what it really should mean is recipe community without sounding yeah. like a dork. But like <laughs> it's it's true. It's it's I want this to be a conversation. I want to have arguments over these things, and I think that's what we have. You know, because yeah. Priya always wins these goddamn arguments anyway. <laughs> Well, it, you know, it's it's that thing that you were talking about, though, where, where I mean, you guys have made cookbooks. I've made cookbooks. You know, there's that battle when, I mean, Priya, when when you were writing Indianish, when you were working on this book with Dave, there's that thing where it's like, okay, well, this week I have to make these seven recipes for the book. Mm -hmm. This is more food than I can possibly eat. And it becomes this unending battle for what to do with all this food that you cooked. And that's not a sustainable, like, tell me if I'm wrong, but like when you finish recipe testing for a cookbook, when you finish doing it, there's just this immense sense of relief that you can finally just like live your life as you want to live it again. Yeah, and like, I don't want to live my life like that forever with recipe club ongoing. Like I can't, I can't have that forever every single week, like not getting to eat what I want or having to constantly battle to fill my refrigerator. That, that sucks. So we should talk about one of the, 
big changes that we're, we're discussing. I mean, Dave, you're, you're sort of saying, you know, we can spread these roast turkey recipes out. But what I think we should be doing is treating Recipe Club more like a book club where we bring one recipe, one of us brings it, gets to choose it, and then we, we discuss it. Over time, we'll end up doing 10 or 12 recipes for roast chicken or roast turkey because each of us will bring one at a certain point. But each week, we should be talking about one recipe. What do you guys think? So I am I am skeptical of that format. I just feel like the best part of Recipe Club is that like I can't think of two people who have more different tastes than me than you two. I mean, honestly, Dave <laughs> is probably like my exact polar opposite in terms of taste is kind of what I learned working on this cookbook with him. And like it's amazing to me how like you give one dish like a BLT and then we find ways to take it in like very, very different directions. And it says a lot about each person, like what recipe they choose. And I think that is really interesting. I'm also incredibly competitive. Dave is really competitive. Chris, I think you are really competitive, but you're trying to suppress it for the sake of me and Dave because it can't be three really competitive people. <laughs> but I, I am I am telling Isaac to lower the volume on both of your uh, <laughs> your feeds whenever we put it out. So I'm subtly competitive. Dave, what do you think? I think that what Chris is suggesting is a good idea that could be maybe a side recipe club project. <laughs> I still maintain that Recipe Club should be a methodically planned out thing that gives you some freedom of choice during the week. Or, And the only thing that is deliverable is the due date when we record this podcast. I also think it's imperative that we record all of this on video and TV because I do think that this is content that can live outside of audio. I certainly have been recording it. And... I want us to figure out how to be cooking these recipes with the audience because I think it is more impactful if people are like, imagine we're all sort of cooking and making the same things and all the sort of crowdsourcing the pros and cons of a recipe. Like that to me is incredibly engaging and not just content that I like, but content that again is useful because I want I want people to be better cooks. I want us to have different viewpoints like I have with Priya. I think that's honestly one of the reasons why I love this book that it's whenever it comes out, it's, it could never have worked with anyone else, you know, and, and, and we want different viewpoints. That to me is what is missing when people write recipes. It is too much of a myopic point of view. And my goal would be dr a dream to be able to make recipes, have a website or something where we can have that content and a conversation that's ongoing with other people. And I think we can just do one and do a deep dive and just rip it apart like a book club. But I think what is good is to have three different viewpoints making it. I, the only issue to me is timing. And secondly would be the waste. So if we can figure out the timing, that's not a problem. I just don't think it all has to be cooked in the same fucking week. In terms of the execution of it, I still would like to get data or feedback from the listenership. If they're like, you know what? We just want to listen to one recipe, you know, and have three different takes. I'm open. They're, we're not anchored to anything. Or people like mm -hmm. to hear the three. From a production point of view, way easier just to do one recipe a week or two recipes a week. 
And we may do that, but I, I think everything should be on the table. And if you're listening, you're like, no, I actually want to see three different recipes cook simultaneously. Just know it's a lot of fucking work for us. <laughs> Just know that we will do it if that's the best way, yeah. but we fucking hate you for it and we don't yeah. want to. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that that's the process. We're, we're going to figure out the mechanisms of how to get this smoothed out. But again, personally, I want this to be things that, are seamlessly integrated how I'm feeding myself and my family regardless. I just do not want to make a recipe on top of everything else or have complete hatred of a dish in a very subjective bias way simply because of, you know, cooking three fucking turkeys in a row. And I want us to get to a conversation about the pros and cons of recipes. In some ways, I almost look at this as like, fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like... What recipe are you really in love with that you think that you are going to use in your repertoire forever? Which one is the dumbest shit you've ever seen? I'm never going to cook it ever again. And the other one is like, I'm, it's like a secret indulgence. I'm like, oh man, like the King's Hawaiian roll. <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's exactly one it. is like, <laughs> I would fuck with that. Yeah. I'd fuck with that. Yeah. King's Hawaiian I'm not proud to slider. say like, that's, you know, someone asked me your favorite Parma recipe. I'm not saying, hey, <laughs> that's not what I'm making public. Priya's, Priya's, I'm watching Priya bite her tongue about this King's Hawaiian chicken parm slider recipe. I which hated she it still so hates. much. It sat in our fridge in like the biggest container and took up so much room. Well, Seth refused to eat it. Come on, Seth. Come he on. wouldn't even taste it. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Okay, so Dave... It's been a couple of weeks since we had that conversation with Priya. We've recorded with her a pre-opening diary session, basically on the heels of an immense logistical disaster. Our first try at cooking recipes for Recipe Club. Since then, we've had a, a little bit more time to take this thing apart and figure out what's happening with it. Um, where are you now? Where are you? <laughs> like now, we've been cooking a few more recipes. Is it getting any easier? How are you feeling? No, I'll be honest. This is not fun right now. At all. Doing chicken parm, <laughs> doing BLTs were fun. I did not see the amount of food that we'd have to make. I think it obviously hasn't helped us that we chose turkey and the logistics and ordering the food. And it also, I think, runs counter to how I want Recipe Club to be. I want this to be useful. And I want to be able to share with the listeners the things that I'm cooking for myself or your family, or Priya's family, or Rachel's family, or Brian Ford's family, whoever else that's going to be a guest. I don't want people to waste food. I don't want people to feel like they got to make something on top of what they normally have. And currently, 
the logistics of getting the food and finding the time to make it have been hard. I mean, I have to make food for Hugo, three meals a day. I make food for my family, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, really lunch and dinner. There's limited cold storage space in my house. I don't have the ability to, to do recipe club cooking on top of Hugo's stuff and on top of the stuff that we would normally eat. There just isn't room. It's been very stressful. You hit the nail on the head for me too. I mean, it's the storage stuff. It's the logistics stuff. It's it's really difficult. And we, we're going to talk here in a second about some of the possible format changes we can make to make it a little bit easier. But honestly, like the hard part for me has been losing that choice of what I'm going to make. <laughs> Losing control of my own fridge, my own kitchen, my own, you know, and, and listen, this is our job. We we do it for a living. But, you know, Dave, come on. We give so much of our lives over to our work. And frankly, like I know for me and I think for you, serving my family food, coming up with like what I want to serve for dinner, like that's a point of pride and pleasure for me. That's something I can hold on to in this crazy ass moment. And when it's like, no, 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 you can't serve what you want to serve. You've got to do turkey again or mashed potatoes or whatever. I realize we're in a privileged position, but like <laughs> you're taking, we're taking away the one thing we've got left. Right. And that's the thing is one of my strengths as a cook, at least at home, is to be able to make something out of nothing. And when I have to make yeah. something, it takes not necessarily fun, but it makes it more stressful, right? I feel like I'm working in a restaurant rather than cooking at home. That's exactly um, it. Yeah. And it's, it's not fun. I feel like a restaurant. And, and like, listen, one of the reasons why I, I, I don't work so much physically in restaurants is it triggers a lot of things. I, I have a lot of bad habits as a human being and as a, as a person that I don't like. I get stressed out. I get surly. And I don't want to do that. I, and if I've learned anything of being in quarantine and even before when Hugo was in my wife's womb, it caused me to realize why I love cooking. And the reason we did Recipe Club was to share that feeling of love, of yeah. empathy, of joy, of celebration. That's something as simple as a BLT could do. So yeah. that would be it, is it's taken a little bit of love out. And we're, we're talking about this. I want to be transparent because this is all stuff that we're going to fix. And if you hear the Recipe Club and it's changing, it's because... Everything in my world is a moving target. Everything get, that can be done can be done better. And sometimes trying to do better makes it worse. And we want to hear your opinions. We want to have feedback. I genuinely want Recipe Club as a dialogue between home cooks of all skill levels saying, hey, I like this. I don't like this. And again, don't think of this as a cooking podcast. Think of this as a book club. You know, mm -hmm. you don't show it to book club. Or actually, I have done it where you haven't read the book. You know, like this is going to be more meaningful if you've actually cooked along with us. Your restaurant analogy is so apt and, and we haven't talked about this at all, but man, I'm thinking back to the last couple of weeks and months and the stress that I have felt and seen you feel. And that's exactly what it is, right? Because at home, the joy is from creativity and just spontaneity, improvisation, using what you know about food to make something delicious for your family. I didn't realize... And I apologize, Chang, that we're putting you in this exact position, this exact environment of follow this recipe, create this exact thing, do it for your job, do it on this timeline. And that is triggering shit for you. I hadn't even really thought about that way. And, and I see it now. I really do see it. I, and I hate it. I hated it. Because the only time I'm truly organized in my life is in a professional kitchen. You know, like everything's got to be meticulous. Everything has to be scraped down, all of it. And I don't, it's not how my home cooking is. My home cooking, I would fire myself if I was a professional chef. 
And there's nothing I cook at home is how I cook professionally. And I like it. I want a separation of church and state. So like, that's probably the biggest gripe that I have on this. Secondly, is following these recipes, a lot of these recipes suck. They straight up suck, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's, if I have enough wisdom to see in a, a like if someone is giving directions and be like, actually, those directions are wrong. You're going to lead me straight off the cliff. I want to have some agency to be like, no, I'm going to turn where you're telling me to make a left. I want to make a right because I know. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm doing is, again, part of the impetus of Recipe Club is to show that recipes should just be used as a guide. And I think as, as we're sort of exploring this and we didn't really talk about it when we did Chicken Parmer BLT was the ability to say, this is a moment where I'm going to deviate. Yeah. Or this is a moment where I'm going to bookmark and say, why did they do it this way? I'm not going to edit in my head. I'm going to intentionally not make it this way. And mm-hmm. I think this is what makes recipes alive, not something that's static. And I felt that because of the pressure of doing the first episode or first two or three episodes, it was like, okay, we got to, for whatever reason, chicken parm and BLT were like preseason games. This was like the real thing. And we shit the bed. I don't know if we shit the bed. It just felt like we couldn't have fun. Going back to the restaurant metaphor, I, I actually think that the episodes are good themselves. But like that's the same thing with a restaurant. The thing that the customer experiences at the table can be good, even if the people in the back were miserable doing it and they didn't want to be doing it. So like, I'm not saying we're miserable. It's an honor to do the job, but it wasn't fun. Yeah, but and Chris, I, I think so the third thing is tied to the second point of just sort of deviating from the directions. Is third is the practicality of it all. Yeah. There's so many recipes so far that I'm like, I can't get that delivered. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to do something else. Yeah. And I'm not going to feel bad about it. Yeah. We want people to be getting that spirit. And that's, that's why we're, you know, like, I, I, I'm not trying to just like self-criticize. I just think we're trying to get to that thing. It's a hard thing to communicate. Like you just wrote a cookbook with Priya about this exact thing. Like helping people get over the hump is really hard because they do rely on recipes. And going to the sort of recipe selection part of what we're doing, I will take a lot of, the blame, you know, I, I think that choosing a lot of these recipes early on, I thought, let's choose some bad recipes because that'll be an easy way to make a point, right? Like this recipe sucks and therefore we're going to be able to rip it apart and show people. But that's the, if you think about recipe club as a book club, you would never do that, right? You wouldn't choose a book that you know is going to suck just so you can talk about how much it sucked. Our time is limited, just like a book club is supposed to be pleasurable. And you read a book you really want to like, and if you don't like it, that was a risk you took. But setting yourself up for failure, which is essentially what we did, is is not the right way to go about it. So, Yeah, um, and, scou- and scouring through, we, we've recorded a few episodes. And again, like I'm hard on myself, and I think they are good, but I'm always like... This is how I think about restaurants. They can be better and we rip apart things and we analyze it. And I think we've come up with some potential solutions that may make it better or may make it worse. And I'm okay with that. And we want to hear from you guys. I think that three recipes maybe don't necessarily all have to be turkey, for example. Maybe they could be different things. I don't know. I, we haven't really explored that quite yet. But I like having three different buckets. One recipe should be super easy and affordable. One recipe should be, or I should say super easy or affordable. One recipe should be under 30 minutes or medium class. One recipe should be three hours or super expensive. There needs to be some variety and choice in this. And that's what I very much want people to understand as a someone that cooks some recipes. It's a choice and there's interpretation. And 
we have devised some new things that I think are going to encourage that, that allow us to maybe even come up with our own recipes or to put our imprint on some existing recipes. There needs to be more potential roads, like more choose your own adventure, yeah. less this is the only way. And without divulging too much of what we're working on, I think we're going to be very successful at doing it. So it's not repetitive. So for example, one of the things that we could have as a recipe is like eggs, you know, that's it. Or store-bought boxed stuff or hamburger helper or box mashed potatoes. Yeah. Potato flakes. Like there's recipes for everything. There's so much that we can do on our own. That's what I think we're going to get to. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. I think that's, that's, well put. I think we want to be useful and we want to be a club. We want to be a community and we want people to get a lot out of this podcast. And so I think we're always going to explore popular recipes, but we want to try to build a system that has more room for improvisation and flexibility. And what's the point of having, you know, cooks like Dave or Priya or Rachel or Brian or myself who tend to cook off the cuff? Like, what's the point if that's not shining through, you know, like you don't right. need, you don't need Dave to cook exactly the recipe and then tell you what he thought. Right. But like, let's just, I'm just off the top of my head, but this is how Chris and I are talking about this. If we have the choice be white bread, mm-hmm. you know, Pullman loaf, white bread. All right. Come up with three recipes and we'll say, okay, all of these recipes need to be under you know, 30 minutes. Okay. That gives us a framework to find recipes that will, you know, has to use white bread, has to be made under 30 minutes. You know, if someone gave me white bread, I know what I'm going to make. I'm going to deep fry the bread. I'm going to make some kind of fried toast thing because that's simple. Someone else could make grilled cheese. Someone else could make trace leches cake with white bread, right? There's so many avenues. And to me, that is where we need to get Recipe Club to be, where there's Ah, I didn't know I could see it this way. I didn't know you could do it this way. Oh, there's a recipe. Let me also add to this. There are some really bad recipes that are only bad because of the way you look at it. Right. And if you look at it, yeah. And if you look at it a different way, or if you change something, if you just change one element of cooking or one ingredient in a recipe, it becomes amazing. And that's the thing is whenever I make shrimp toast, the way my aunt does it by pressing out the white bread and sheeting it out and then filling it and then rolling it up like a cigar and deep frying it. People are always like, oh my God, I didn't know you could do that. I'm like, and guess what? It doesn't have to be shrimp toast. Mm -hmm. I've done it with peanut butter. I've done it with jelly. It's like, there's the innovation there is the rolling out the bread. Yeah. Frying it. Like that's the thing you really want to communicate, you know? I mean, there's so much we want to do with Recipe Club. And, and I think that I don't, I don't want people to think because, <laughs> because Dave and I spent the first part of this conversation kind of lamenting and whining about how hard it is that we don't want to do it. The, the thing is, like, there's so much we want to communicate. And I think there's other stuff, Dave, right? Like, there, there are going to be dishes and recipes for things that you and I have never, ever made before. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how somebody like you or me, when we're trying to explore a new dish, we'll look at a recipe maybe for reference because we don't know how it's done, but then depart from it. I think that there's there's so many different things we want to communicate. I think that the Dave Chang Show, any listeners who come over to Recipe Club from Dave Chang Show are going to know that the format is always moving. It's always evolving in order to meet different goals. You know, I think that most people, if 
we asked them how we should make a podcast, they would probably insist we do stick to one format and not change it. If that's the kind of podcast people are expecting, it's probably not going to happen for a little while here. Like just because we're trying to we're trying to communicate so much about home cooking all at once and and those bigger conversations that Dave's talking about, I think. Absolutely. So, you know, and and listen, I feel really good about Recipe Club. And I got a strong endorsement from Bill Simmons, the the podfather himself, because he's like, it's got really strong legs. It's got a very strong future just because of how we're doing it. And we have very high expectations for ourselves. So I'm not asking anyone to be patient. I'm just, we, this is just how we, we operate, how I operate. I like to have it as much as all on the table as possible and let you guys know what we are expecting of ourselves. And we want to know what you guys expect of us. And, and, and uh, yeah, we can't talk anymore about this, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, so just expect new features all the time. We're going we're gonna to figure this out. And uh, as soon as we start doing a structured, formatted podcast, we're going to blow it up all over again. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for this, Dave. The people are going to get the, their first chance at Recipe Club tomorrow. Subscribe. Thanks for all the support, as always. Um, we're going to get this right, and there'll be some growing pains along the way, I'm sure. And if it's not right, it's all Chris Yang's fault. I mean, that's a foregone conclusion. <laughs>